the call message um, normally consists of it's a narrative structure um, and it's like the problem or the wish or want of your target audience that's the first point the second one is um, the solution of this problem what you offer as a company your product or your service is the solution and in the end there's the happy end and this is like more or less a hollywood narrative the startup student podcast the podcast for students who want to be their own boss where students and experts from across the world and i christine give you practical advice we are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life turn your idea into reality i'm your host christine let's start this episode Hello, welcome back. I'm Christine. I'm your host of the Startup Student Podcast. I'm back with Daniel and with Sandra. And we are talking about branding inside out. Super exciting topic. I suggest you listen to the first two episodes if you haven't done so. Um, because today we're talking about story branding. And last time we talked about behavioral branding, which is more the internal branding uh, inside your company. And now we're talking about how we can turn this inside out. So to bring this to the outside world. Welcome back, Daniel and Sandra. Hi, welcome. <laughs> okay, who would like to kick off and tell me a bit about taking the inside to the outside? Well, I would like to start with one of my favorite brand storytelling experts. It's, it's Donald Miller. And um, he established a really good process, a good framework to um, to tell your brand story. But one thing that's missing is this inner core, is, is the brand core. And that's why we start with the inside, what we talked about in the last episode. Um, but the process itself is really nice because it puts the, the customers in, um, in the center of your communication. And that's what, what we think is really important um, for communicating with your target audience, because there are, there are some examples and they are getting less, that's a good, good thing, but um, there are still some examples where the company puts itself in the center of the communication. And yeah, they, they miss opportunities and they even lose, um, yeah, they're they, they standing in the market. So that's why we, uh, in this in this story branding process and why we really like to do it this way the story branding and it's it's yes yeah, as, as you may know by now um, it's a mixture of storytelling and branding and we think this this only works together because you cannot brand your company you cannot brand your your whatever startup um, without telling a story and without triggering the target audience on an emotional basis. And this only works through story. Sometimes uh, there's still companies uh, because it's also used to be the old way. And I think it's, it's good that people introduce the company and talk about what they're doing and things like that. Um, however, I think uh, it needs to be done, like you also said, in a different way, because even with the storytelling, it's about your company, it's about your service and your product, because in the end, it's why you started what you started. Um, and we talked about this emotional connection in previous episodes as well. And just telling someone, oh, I'm selling this kind of service or that kind of product will not stick in people's mind. If you, if you tell them why you do it and what you're gonna, 
um, what the benefits are for them, um, maybe your own story, the company story, whatever it is, um, that will stick in people's head. And also this we mentioned um, in previous episodes, people buy from people, not from companies. Um, and you have to um, get to know a company, a product or service better. You have to uh, start trusting them and you have to um, then be uh, liking well liking them maybe first and then trusting them and then um, you might buy from them so most of the time it's also not a one contact uh, to sale let's say a kind of situation where someone sees something and buys immediately um, there's often other things involved uh, this building up this trust building up that uh, they like you um, pointing out the benefits maybe some social proof where other people um, recommend something or talk about it um, there's uh, so many facets to everything but um, yeah storytelling like this is what it's all about this is what you focus on is I think one of the most powerful things you can do and even storytelling through other people so meaning the social proof aspect um, or anything. Have you, do you have any, any thoughts on that? This, this is one thing that really works very well because um, there, there's one campaign I have in mind. It's, I don't know how many years ago, but um, Airbnb made the Treehouse Tuesday campaign. And every Tuesday they posted a treehouse on I think their Instagram account. And people of course started commenting on that and then they started to share their tree houses or tree houses they visited and so on. So it became, so this campaign had a huge impact because um, there were so many different tree houses in the rainforest in some ice winter area. So very, very different landscapes, very different countries um, and yeah, when, when people start to communicate for you um, and to promote your campaigns, it's like people trust people more than a company. So this, this has a really, really very huge impact on the target audience. Yeah, it's uh, user-generated content, we call it, um, when you're especially on social media, your users, your customers share experiences online with your brand. Um, it's much more powerful and convincing than you telling the story. And for that, I remember last time we talked about what the talk, that's really crucial there that you actually walk the talk so that your product is good. Um, because otherwise, no one is ever going to be willing to yeah, share their positive experience um, online or even worse, they would share a negative experience and thereby all you've built up with all your storytelling that comes from within your company is going to be shattered like in an instant. Yes, this is where it comes in turning your clients or your followers when you want when you when they're not your client yet into fans where they rave about what you are doing and this i think can only come by convincing them with quality of course of your work and the product but also the story behind it the connection the emotions um and i think they always what's the saying they say people won't remember uh, uh, the things you say, but they will remember the way you make them feel. 
And this, I think, is also nicely reflected in storytelling. And this is, again, what we mentioned uh, in previous episodes and also now. So how can I, we talked a lot about um, the creating this, uh, this storytelling company culture, let's call it, where uh, we have the internal branding side of workshops with people, uh, making sure you're very clear and you, you get everyone on board and you feel them to be part of it, reviewing your values, uh, knowing the values, defining the values first and then reviewing on an ongoing basis. How can you, what kind of tips do you have to, to now take this and turn this into external communication. And we mentioned also before that this could be two different parts that are similar, the same, or completely different. Um, what can you, what can you give? Uh, what kind of tips can you give for people to take the branding outside world? And everyone who's listening, we're not talking about a logo <laughs> and <laughs> defining colors and everything. That's part of branding. That's your visual identity. We are focusing on the messages on. Um, creating stories on, uh, on things around you. So how can people bring it into the outside world? What, what we really like to do in our branding process, because it starts, uh, sorry, in our story branding process, it starts with this um, core, with this brand core. And the core um, is made of a vision, a mission, values, and your purpose. So this is the first thing you start with. And what we focus on in the later process, especially, are the values. Um, and then we talk about your backstory. So what's the story of the company or of your personal brand? Then about the target audience, because the target audience is the hero of your story. He's, as I told you, in the center of this. Um, and then we talk about core messages, core messages, unique value propositions, your positioning and all this stuff. Um, and after we, let's say, developed all this, um, I asked the people, okay, now think about your values. You, um, you brainstormed in the first step of this, of this process. When you think about, let's say the value quality, you want to sell a quality product. Think about a situation with a customer where this value was really crucial to convince him to work with you, that this customer wanted to know everything about the quality aspects of your product. And then people start telling this situation, start telling this first story, and this is a content piece you can use for storytelling. And there, as, as I told you in the, in the last episode, um, there the common thread comes into all this process because it starts at the brand core and it ends in a posting, in a blog article, in a podcast episode, whatever. You can tell this story in every media. And, and that's how it really works, how all the dots are connected in the end. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if we go on um, from the, the really like the first story, the first piece of content um, going on to a regular basis of communication where we want to continue our successful storytelling, hopefully, um, it really helps to um, have those core messages that Daniel just talked about in mind. 
and then use those core messages and uh, messages that um, are worthwhile to tell your customers to convince your customers of your um, of your product and think of okay what is happening in our company um, that we can use as an example um, or as a story for our customers so like um, what other customers have already successfully um, used a technology that you developed um, how did it help them how did it solve a problem um, all of this can be little parts of stories or little stories that you can craft. And the core messages are a very important part of, of this story branding process because you can use them anywhere. You can use them, as, a, as we said, in, in, um, in, let's say, Facebook postings or LinkedIn postings or in blog articles, but also to um, in, in, your, in your pitch as a startup or in your sales pitch as a company. So you can structure a pitch with this core message because the core message um, normally consists of, it's a narrative structure um, and it's like the problem or the wish or want of your target audience, that's the first point. The second one is, um, the solution of this problem, what you offer as a company, your product or your service is the solution. And in the end, there's the happy end. And this is like more or less a Hollywood narrative because you, you can look at many, many Hollywood movies like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, whatever, they have this structure. It all, all starts with the problem, then you have the solution, and in the end you have the happy end. Yes, and I think um, people sometimes have a bit uh, difficulties understanding that a story from Disney or a story from Hollywood, a story in, from a book can be translated into stories for marketing purposes. Um, even though the, the, maybe the terminology will be stretched of the hero and things like that. But there's always a problem to solve, there's a solution to something and a why and some uh, motivation um, for the person who's solving it, which is, is starting your, your story, really. And I think what is also um, super nice um, to do is to get the employees involved for the external communication if they want to, and if that's your company culture and things like that. But however, if you can get people of your company to speak about your company in a good way and authentic way, of course, <laughs> um, then I think that can be also very powerful because um, people can be skeptical. And I think Amazon has done that as well because they, they had uh, the scandal that they're treating their employees really badly, even though they, they always say, oh, we, we are, we're looking after everyone, blah, 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 these kind of things. They, they came out with a lot of ads uh, where the employees if they're true i don't know of course if they're paid uh, actors that uh, talk about their position that they got on amazon and they had a difficult life but then they found the amazon job um that might uh, be something where they hired someone <laughs> that's why i'm saying mm -hmm. be be authentic but i can I, I can see how that could be very powerful i don't know if you had any experience with that where a company included their employees to in the external communication either with regards of statements on the website by the 
by the employee um, or with an actual video or audio piece? Uh, oh, yes. Um, we've done that um, several times, especially um, when we created or yeah, carved out an, an employer brand. Um, so that's where this is quite natural to involve the employees. Uh, we did this with uh, Johannita Unfallhilfe. Um, and uh, yeah, we created a, um, a calendar, uh, an advent calendar, so that 24 days before Christmas, um, every new day, uh, a new, yeah, like little window was opened that displayed an employee and what they are doing for the organization, why um, they like their job and they like their employer. Um, so stories out of an actual employee's life, um, yeah, giving a, a sneak peek into the job that someone as an applicant uh, might be interested in. Yeah, and I think it can be, it, uh, of course, for recruitment purposes, very um, powerful, but I think also from an internal branding point of view and internal motivational point of view, um, that's also important because you show that each person is important that's working in the company. Um, yeah. And especially in a startup where a lot of times the frontman is the founder, um, even there, okay, everyone that works here is responsible for the success of the company and is important to the company. Um, because this, this employer branding stuff and uh, when, when people start telling their stories or even the founder or CEO of a company does it, that's really powerful because you can copy a service, you can copy a product, but mm -hmm. you cannot copy a face, you cannot mm. copy an individual. And that's why, for example, Apple was so successful in the past because Apple was Steve Jobs. Um, and it's the same in this employer branding company Sandra talked about uh, for the Johannita Unfallhilfe, because um, you see all the people and they are really passionate about their jobs and mm. they are telling all these stories. And you, you believe them because you know they are real employees of this company and mm. you cannot copy this story, you cannot copy this message. It's, it's really unique to this company in, in that employer branding campaign. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, thank you. I have another question. Do you have um, some kind of a checklist, specific questions that the, let's say probably the marketing team, if there is marketing responsible person, um, or the founder, whoever is doing the marketing for the company has to check any messages against. So basically, if, if someone creates a marketing activity, marketing message, some visuals, some, some headlines, some text, some social media posts, whatever it is, um, to make sure it reflects the brand, um, is there like a checklist uh, that people can go through uh, or at least two, three questions, okay? Um, for me, that's always, okay, does it reach my target audience? It's the first question before doing anything anyway. <laughs> um, second, is it reflecting the branding? And third, is it um, communicating the benefits of what we're doing? And is there a call to action in there? Um, these would be, would be my generic checklist. However, um, is there any specific questions or checklist that you 
give to your clients to go through to make sure it it's aligned with the brand? It's um, pretty much what, what you just told us um, in, in your example. <laughs> I should work because, for you. <laughs> um, yeah, you should work for us, right. Um, like and, this narrative and also structure. Thought like, yes, yes, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, in this narrative structure I, I talked about, um, there's like this problem, like what, what's the customer's problem? And then you, of course, address your target audience because you, you, um, you made up your, your target audience before um, and, and uh, cast it and, and said, what are the values of the target group? What are the problems, frustrations? What are the wishes and wants of them? So that's the most important points. And so you start this narrative structure, this message with problems or wants of your target group. Um, then the second one is the solution. This is your service or your product you offer. And the third one, the happy end, is where you talk about your benefits, what you offer them to transform their lives, what makes their life or how can you make their lives better to get a better day structure when, when you sell calendars or whatever, or um, to, to get a cleaner house without doing anything with um, um, vacuum robots. This is, um, so, so this is where um, we always um, ask people to, to look at the, uh, how they communicate, because so many people only talk about features and not about benefits. And that's, that's one really important point in this checklist, I think, because um, they, they start telling us, like, let's use this robot example. They start telling, oh, this robot is, um, um, is linked to nine GPS satellites and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, that's, that's a feature. And it, it sounds nice, but what is the benefit for me? As your target audience yeah. because i don't even know how many satellites um control another robot how how your how your um, competitors do it and, and all this stuff so this is not important for me for me it's important i can sit there have a drink and the robot is doing the work for me that's my benefit i have more time for sports or whatever i want to do that's my benefit so this is um, another important point that, that you talk about benefits and not about features. Yeah, I actually, with my clients, I um, ask them to list 100 benefits of their product or service. And that sounds wow. really a lot, but I explain beforehand to list the obvious benefits. So, okay, you have a software that uh, saves time yeah, because it's automating some, um, some uh, uh, processes. Um, and then, but also go into the, the indirect benefits. It does not mean you have to communicate all of them. And probably if you communicate more than one or two benefits or, or maybe three at a time, it's going to be too much. However, you can have different messages at different times. But then the indirect benefits would be, okay, it's saving you time, which means you have less overtime, which means you can spend more time with the family, similar to what you just said. If that is the pain point of that person who is responsible for buying that software, doing a lot of overtime and all that one person wants to do is spend more time with their family and then um, if you spend more time with your family that means uh, you're going to have a happier relationship <laughs> with your family and your wife or husband uh, which means you're going to have a happier life which um, means you have probably better sleep which also will be um, better skin <laughs> which will be um, better I don't know uh, 
physical well-being as well and so on so really going down this chain of the obvious benefits and then drilling down what does it mean for that person personally as well and um everyone gets to 100 if not uh, at least uh, 90 benefits of their product and service and all of a sudden you have 90 social media posts if you want to <laughs> um and all of a sudden you you can create videos out of that um and all of a sudden you can create your pitch out of it and and adjust it to whoever you're speaking to Okay. Well, not, what what we what we can say is that there are all ways, of course, um, processes like writing down your customer journey, um, collecting content pieces, and all this stuff. But I think this is pretty normal in the process. Um, I don't oh, think we can we have yes. to mention Some that. Up the the most important question that we just added. So we explained um, what we could like sum up okay just to yeah wrap it up um, the checklist um mm -hmm. have have the benefits right um make sure your benefits are clear the message is clear and the message fits your target audience mm -hmm. yeah i always say then one if you have to just uh answer one question you have to answer the question for the person that is seeing a piece of communication what's in it for me and you have to answer that no matter who in personal business to business what's in it for the person to spend time and money for, um, most of the time um, on your service or product and this includes uh, everything that you also just said yeah mm -hmm. right um we have one more episode to come everyone get ready for it for next week and it's about how can we use all of this that you already learned and maybe translate this and transfer this into the startup world and if you are maybe a scale-up startup there's all these terminologies flying around as well and um, we will go into that in the next episode thank you so much sandra and daniel for your time thank you bye that was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.